Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. So I remember being in elementary school and playing a game called Follow the Leader. And that's where someone gets picked to be the leader and they get to go wherever they want and do all kinds of crazy things and everybody following them has to mimic whatever they do. And I want to share a simple, brief message with us today that I hope gets in our heart and mind called Follow the Leader. And it starts with the question, who is our leader? In confusing times, in culture, all kinds of things going on, who is it that we are actually following? And as followers of Jesus, I want to submit to you that our leader is literally the person of Jesus Christ. And there's an opening principle I want to share with you, which is this. Jesus is the perfectly clear image of the invisible God. That's number one on your notes. You know, in, in fragmented times like we have right now, when things can be confused, a lot of people try to play the God card for all kinds of different things. But what you and I can take to the bank, if we want to know what God is like, repeatedly look to the person of Jesus. Jesus is the complete, full revelation of the living God. He is our leader. We know what God is like. And number two is this. This is important, guys. We must remember who our leader is and fix our eyes only on him. Those are your next fill-ins. Now, My four-year-old daughter, Nessa, who's right here in this van right now. Hello, Nessa. I love you so much. I was putting her to bed a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I'm sitting there, and right now I'm kind of holding her hand. We we do some ocean adventure stories. Um, She is, uh, I'm not going to go into her character, but we have a great time with stories. We draw pictures of them. It's wonderful. We pray together. And then it's time to close our eyes and go to sleep. And I kind of hold my hand with her for a while. And she caught me a few times. When she would open her eyes, I'd be looking at my phone because, you know, I'm sitting there for a while. I might as well check some things out on my phone, whether I'm reading, checking emails, looking at social media. And she said to me a few weeks ago, she said, Dad, Only look at me, not your phone. And then she would close her eyes again. And every time she would open her eyes, she would check to see where I was looking. And if I wasn't looking at her, she would say two words, only me, only me. And she wanted to make sure that she had my undivided attention, even though she was closing her eyes and going to sleep. And eventually I understood what she was saying. And so I literally began just sitting there staring at her while she went to sleep, which is one of the most wonderful gifts in life, is just watching your child fall asleep, partially because they're quiet and, you know, they go to sleep. But it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing gift. And, and then she would open her eyes a little bit and catch me locked on her, and she would smile, the most wonderful smile ever, and just gradually go to sleep. And, and it's amazing to remember how important undivided attention is. Now, it's also amazing to realize that God gives us his undivided attention and miraculously does that for every person. But it's also important to flip it the other way where God asks us to give him our undivided attention. And I think in some ways, what we might need to hear this morning more than anything is putting Jesus in the place of my little daughter and he just looks at us. Every time he opens his eyes to check us out, he he wants to see us fixed our eyes on him. And he says, only me. I'll use myself. Jesus says to me, only me, Nathan. Look at me. Look at me. Fix your eyes on me. And then the third simple idea here is this. We follow Jesus, and this is the practical part, through learning his word, being with him, 
and therefore becoming like him. So the word of God is the revelation of who God is. Jesus is the word. The Holy Spirit makes it alive in our lives. And then we are spending time with him as we are in his word and in his presence. One of the most amazing things that was used as a description of the apostles of Jesus was the people would say they could tell that these men had been with Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to be with him. And then here's the key, become like him. So actually start to live out the fruit of the Spirit, what Jesus is actually like. Now, once we realize this, that we have a leader, and it's Jesus, and that he calls us to fix our eyes only on him, and that the way we do that is we fill our minds with his word, we spend time in his presence, and we, come, we become like him, then we must remember, let's actually learn who this Jesus is because it means everything in our life. Huge implications about who Jesus is. So we're going to let the word of God speak for himself, speak for itself, and we're going to slowly read through part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the first sermon that Jesus ever gave, and we're going to specifically look at a part called the Beatitudes. And then we're going to be done for the day and we're just going to worship God. But I pray you will be reminded that this, what we're about to read right now, is our example. Jesus is showing us, this is how I want you to live, and this is what life is supposed to be like. And be honest for a second, if you're anything like me, we can get caught up in looking all kinds of other directions, and those different directions can affect us a lot. But let's set our gaze now on the person of Jesus, and this is in your digital worship guide if you want to read there, or you can turn to Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. Starting in verse one says this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now, right off the bat, this is such a tremendous gift because we are getting insight here into what Jesus says when he sees a crowd of people, has his disciples with him and just sits down on the side of the mountain and begins to share his heart. We are getting the vision of the living God for humanity through these words of Jesus. And then he goes in to share the Beatitudes, which are so countercultural and counterintuitive. In verse three, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So right away, he's flipping things on their head. It's not, it's not the people that are the strongest. It's not the one who has the greatest military. In that time of day, it was the Roman guards and officials that had the power. It was also the Pharisees and Sadducees that had religious and political power. But Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are poor in spirit. Poverty of spirit, I sum up as humility. It's the willingness to say, God, I am nothing without you. I am completely poor in spirit. Everything I have is just a gift from you. Therefore, I, I, I'm humble. I'm teachable. I need you, Lord. I heard just this morning someone say, when it comes to Jesus, there are no experts, only beginners. And that's what it is to have poverty of spirit. And to those belong the kingdom of heaven. So in an age where a lot of people want to pretend like they have the answer, let's remain poor in spirit. Let's remain teachable. Let's all remember we're beginners in the presence of God. Verse 4, Jesus says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And let me just encourage you as your pastor, think about this if you're watching online. If someone is hurt... It means they are hurt. It doesn't matter if we think they shouldn't be hurt. It doesn't change that they are hurt. 
And what Jesus is telling us is that we should mourn with those who mourn. So let me encourage you. When you experience someone or when you lock arms with someone who is hurt, no matter what that hurt has come from, take time to listen to it. Hear their story. Hear their perspective. Mourn with those who mourn. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's just remember, we've been freely given, so we can freely give. Everything God has given us, he's given us for free. The mercy he's given us has been free, so he wants us to offer that mercy to others. And it's amazing, if you want to keep receiving mercy from God, the way you do it is you show mercy to others. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As we read this and as we hear the heart of God through the person of Jesus, let me just remind you, follow the leader. Follow the leader. I'm not the leader A political party is not the leader. Activists aren't the leader. Any authority in your life, though they influence you, they're not your ultimate leader. Follow the leader, Jesus. He is where we need to fix our gaze. You know, I had the image this morning of how important it is to lock eyes on Jesus so that we can see our neighbor through his eyes. Imagine you're at the foot, at the feet of Jesus worshiping. If you take your attention off him and you just begin to look at the people on your right and the people on the left and you start to watch what they're doing and watch their thoughts, watch what's going on, you start to get the wrong perception of those people. You start to lose the ability to love them in the way Jesus wants you to love them. But if you lock your eyes on Jesus and maintain that gaze, every time you glance over and see your neighbor, you're able to see them through the lens of the grace and the mercy and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it makes all the difference. So let me encourage you, lock your eyes on Jesus. When I lived in Southern California, I often had to drive a road. I think it was called Topanga Canyon Road. And it was super windy. Am I getting that right, Stephen? Super windy. It's probably 45 miles an hour, something like that. And here's the thing. When you drive on Topanga Canyon Road, you're on it for a while. And I would seem like it would always end up that I would be the first car. And then a bunch of cars would be piling behind me. And I'm not a slow driver. I generally may go about five over the speed limit on Topanga Canyon Road. But people would start to pile up behind me that want to go 10 or 15 over. And so as the leader, I was feeling kind of stressed out because I feel like the pace car. And it's frustrating because of all of a sudden, I can't really listen to my music, or maybe I can't enjoy my podcast. I can't just enjoy the beautiful day because I'm worried about all these cars piling up behind me and how fast I'm taking these turns. But then I would rejoice as soon as I would either catch up to another car or someone would pull in front of me because as soon as there was another car in front of me, I could then just relax because all I had to do was stay a healthy distance behind that car and it didn't matter how fast they were going because then all the people behind me who want to go faster they can blame the leader not me 
and I'm at peace, and I can just drive in and put my windows down and feel the breeze through my hair and listen to some music, and all of a sudden, it's wonderful again. But then if that person pulls off, I'm stressed out as the leader again. And, and I remember God really like, spoke to me about this because he reminded me, Nathan, you're not the leader. You're not the leader. And you guys, you don't have to stress out about every decision in your life. You're not actually the leader of your life. You have Jesus in front of you. All you need to focus on is staying right behind him, following after him, filling your mind and heart with what he says, how he says to live, starting with these beatitudes. And then you don't have to worry what everybody else is doing. You don't have to worry about all the consequences of that because you are just following the leader. Are you tracking with that? That is good news. I'm not the leader of this church. Jesus is the leader. I get to be an under shepherd of the church of Jesus Christ. All of us together are the same at the feet of Jesus following him. Let me invite our worship team back up. I wanna sing the bridge of this song which says, I will build my life upon your love. And as we sing it, I want you to just think about whatever God is speaking to you about this today. Perhaps, perhaps you've gotten sidetracked by other leaders out there or you have forgotten that you have this ever faithful, perfect leader in the person of Jesus. I believe, and I'm with you in this, we need to repent sometimes of following other leaders first. We may need to repent today of allowing our opinions to be shaped by others first before Jesus. Only Jesus is our hope for a unified church and spiritual awakening in our nation. So Lord, we fix our eyes on you today. Let me practically encourage you, church. Start the day by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Rather than turning the news on or going to social media or checking email, I encourage you first, get the word of God in your heart and mind. Focus your attention on him. Don't end the day with news, social media, or work. End the day putting your eyes on him. All throughout the day, take stock, take note of the voices you're allowing to shape your thoughts. And perhaps today you've not put your faith in Jesus and you might just say, I'm tired of being the leader of my own life. I've tried, I'm exhausted, I'm stressed out, I'm filled with anxiety about decisions. And even if you've been following Jesus for a while, sometimes you can, you can take the reins of your own life back and you might just need to say today, God, I, I release control of my life again. I don't want to be the pace car. I want you to be the pace car. I want you to lead me through all these twists and bends. I want you to lead me at the right speed. I want you to put the right heart and mindset in me. I want you to guide me into all truth. Forgive me for running to so many other sources. Forgive me for trying to take my life into my own hands. I surrender today. I release control. I put my faith in you, Jesus. Lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, your word says that you are our shepherd. You care for us. You know us. You know what we need even more than we do, so we put our trust in you. And like the song says, we declare, we will build our life on your love. We will put our trust in you and your ways. And God, as we do that, I pray you'll, you'll use me, you'll use each person listening, and you'll use this church family than to have influence in this world for your kingdom. Calling people to the highest love. Calling people to the way 
of Jesus, calling people into a place of utter acceptance in the belovedness of God, but a love that doesn't allow us to just stay there, but transforms us and makes us new, calls us into holiness and righteousness, goodness, God, faithfulness, gentleness. Thank you for that, Lord. We trust you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. If that's a new decision for you, we would love to walk with you, resource you. Please let us know. Use the online connection card that's on our website. Uh, Worship team, thank you for leading us today. Thank you for joining us today, church. If you want to fill your heart and mind with Jesus, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 over and over again. It's a sermon on the mount. Just dive into it and allow your life to be shaped. I'm going to pray this benediction over us. We'll be here next week for our last drive-in, and then we'll be in person the week after. Can't wait to share all those details. Let me pray this benediction, and we'll be dismissed. People of God, let's take up the mission Jesus left us to bring justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry to care for the widow and orphan, to share the abundant life Jesus offers with the world around us until he comes again. And may the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit encourage and strengthen us as we go. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a great afternoon.